Let me, let me share one more thing that was in the bulletin and in the announcements as well. Mission Sunday will be February 4th, and Pastor Janelle Morocco will be with us on that Sunday. She's over all of our international works, and it is going to be a great Sunday. So for those of you that are committed to missions, you, you can get ready for that, and we'll tell you more about it when she gets here. But we have a, a push for missions every year. I love what Larry Stockstill, Pastor Larry Stockstill said to me years ago. He's Pastor is a great work in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Actually, he turned it over to his son, his 35-year-old son, who leads that work now, Jonathan Stockstill, great worship leader, great pastor. He said this, The day you stop giving to missions is the day that you cast your vote that the gospel would no longer go into the nations of the world. So we are committed to missions, and somebody say amen. 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 So anyway, you guys can be seated for just a second if you, if you so desire. Let me share with you um, an, an encounter I had before we read Luke 21. I was in Hawaii, it was uh, Saturday morning, just a week ago, yesterday, and uh, we were in a prayer meeting, there's about 300 people there, and uh, I wouldn't say simultaneously, but uh, just about, over a period of about 15 seconds, trickles in all these emergency-sounding cell phones. How many of you know, what a, many of you know what a warning uh, on the cell phone is coming across. I've never heard it before, but they were all the same, the all same kind of signal, all the same kind of warning and sound. And as it was happening, I started seeing people's faces looking rather disturbed. And uh, I'm thinking, gosh, do all these people have the same app? I mean, it can't be. I'm thinking to myself, Dr. Morocco's sharing eloquently and we're praying, about 300 people, like I said. And somebody hustles up to Dr. Morocco with their cell phone and, they, and he shares with Dr. And Dr. Morocco says, well, we just found out that there is a ballistic missile, an eminent ballistic missile threat, and this is not a warning. Can I tell you, I don't know if you've ever been in a, a Pentecostal prayer meeting that just went full tilt. It, it was already strong, but it just kind of went, it leveled up. You know what I'm talking about? It just went up a whole nother level. And so we prayed. He said, I guess we ought to pray. So he's, he's, he's teaching on prayer. So we have a prayer meeting. You know, Lord, melt the missile out of the sky. I'm texting. I text my wife, you know, and, and text a bunch of wrong letters in there, you know, because I'm just texting too fast. And she doesn't understand what I'm saying. And I, I text my daughter who's in, co in college, and she doesn't understand. And finally, they kind of figure it out. So now I get, they're praying. And for 38 minutes, we got to feel what it was like to be under the threat of basically a nuclear missile. Okay, because y'all know about, have you heard of that little nation, North Korea? Okay, so y'all know about that. So we're thinking about that on the back of our minds with the will. I hope that'll never happen. Oh, that'll never happen. Oh, you know, it could happen. They all said that 9-11 wouldn't happen either. Oh, nothing like that. Oh, yeah, well, it did. And it shook America. And I'm there in Hawaii, apart from you all, and away from my beautiful wife and my children, and I'm there with some of our precious leaders and all the leadership, basically, of King's Cathedral and chapels. And I'm thinking, wouldn't that just be the devil to try to just take us all out at once? And so I'm praying, and I just thought, ah. Oh. I walked away and began to intercede. Now, I checked myself. Do you know that people parked their cars in the freeway in Honolulu, threw it in park, left the keys in the ignition, and ran down screaming down the, down the highway? Ah! I was with some folks yesterday that happened to be in the islands, here in Alaska, happened to be in the islands the same time. 
One person was hiking. They were on a mountain. When they got, when they got their warning, they scrambled and hurried down the mountain. Can I tell you, if a hydrogen bomb is dropped, you might as well just lift your hands and start worshiping. Or get, repent, or something. So as I experience that, I I keep reflecting on it over the past week. I'm just thinking, that was really a pretty phenomenal experience. How'd you like to find out that you will be vaporized in 15 minutes? Because that's about what it is. As I pressed in, the Lord is gracious to speak to me. And to tell me that everything's all right. You don't have nothing to worry. I'm like, Lord, I got a building to build. Lord, I got a harvest to get in. This ain't, it ain't dying like this. I got a stack of tapes I got to fulfill. Prophetic words. And I don't think that, I think some of them might be in the millennial reign, but I think some of them are now, like the buildings now. I didn't, we didn't even start yet hardly. How many of you would like to experience that? Oh yeah, it'll really, you really get to examine yourself to find out if you are ready. Stand upon your feet. Luke 21. Luke chapter 21. And I will read from the New International Version. Starting in verse 5. Are you ready? Some of his disciples were were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said... As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they're about to take place? And he replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he. The time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilence in various places and fearful events and great signs. What kind of signs? Great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues to be put in prison. You'll be brought before the kings and governors on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers, and sisters, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. You guys okay? Very good. Verse 17. Aren't you glad you came to church today? This is awesome. You being encouraged yet? All right, good. Verse 17. Everyone will hate you. (laughs) Yes. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Someone say hallelujah. Stand firm and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that the desolation is near. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the city get out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken prisoners to all the nations 
Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what's coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken at that time. They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. What kind of glory? Great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. And when they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful of your hearts. They'll be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And that day close in on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that's about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Father, we thank you for your eminent return. And we thank you for your master plan that will come about. Well, the unconditional plan of God is coming about. And God, as we stand today, in this tension between your first coming and your soon return. We ask that you would give us living understanding, that you would speak to us, and that we would be sober-minded people of self-control. That you would pierce through any darkness today and release your word that, as we read, will stand forever. Do all that you desire to do in our hearts, in this body, Lord, and those online, and those that will listen at a later date that we would be a people that are ready. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Wow, pretty intense. Pretty intense. Prophecy helps make one ready for the future. Every year we have this prophetic conference, and again, I encourage you to register. You can do it online. You can do it through the app. You can do it here in person. And every year that we have the prophetic conference, the word of the Lord is released and the Holy Spirit uses people like that to bring forth prophetic utterance that doesn't contradict the word. No prophecy ever should ever contradict the word. If it does, it's not from God. So you have a measure, you have a standard, you have the word to measure the, the prophetic word that you might get. And it's in part, and, and we only see in part, and one day we will know fully. But prophecy helps you. Prophecy helps you. I could tell you stories, as I have before, of being in a freezing Chevy truck on the side of the road. Sometimes Chevys are on the side of the road. But at about 40, 50 below zero, and, 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 and thinking I'm, I'm going into hypothermia and wondering where, when, when the state trooper's going to come, wondering where my rescue party was. My, my mama was with us back, back then, and she had gone off with the other car that was and left me by the side of the road by my own decision, which I would never do again. And as I began to get sleepy and tired, I'd have been out there for three hours or something, 
The word of the Lord came to me, reminded me, I brought you here for revival. I'm thinking, I haven't had that yet. That must mean I'm not going to die. Thank you, Jesus. Bring revival, right? It's kind of what I was standing on when the ballistic missile was coming. I, I heard one report. Now, I, I can't substantiate this, but, but I, I heard a report by uh, some folks that are a good testimony and uh, that, that, that a real missile was sent, but they took care of it. I, I, we really don't know. We don't know. You would think if there was a real missile, we'd be at war right now. I'm just glad that I'm here. Anybody else glad you're still here? Prophecy makes you ready for the future. This is a tremendous text. And uh, prophecy many times has double double fulfillment, even even triple. For instance, in uh, Isaiah 7, and the virgin will be with child. Have you ever heard that before? Well, it's a prophetic word spoken to King Ahaz, I believe it is. You can go look. King Ahaz, that's a prophetic word for King Ahaz. Did it fit his situation? Yes. The circumstances of what was going on? Yes, it did. It also is a prophetic word about, you know, generations later, Mary. You know, the virgin. We just celebrated Christmas, which is... Christ being born of a virgin. It's a double prophecy. And many times prophetic words are double and they can even be triple. This particular text, as you understand biblical prophecy, has double meaning. There's double meanings here. And so Jesus addresses two things. And we do have notes for you if you want to go ahead and use those. I think they've been passed out already. If you don't have a set and you'd like that, just lift your hand and the ushers will assist you. Okay. So Jesus addresses two events. He, he addresses the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And the second event he, he discusses is the coming, the second coming of the conquering king. You know, the return of Christ, the eminent return of Jesus is not preached in most churches. I don't know why that is. I think, I think we can get sidetracked with feel-good messages and messages that help us overcome our current trial or our current difficulty or, or things that build up and make us stronger leaders. And, and we need to have messages like that. But I'm going to tell you, there is, like he said, he would never send rain on the earth. You remember that? He said it to Noah. He said, rejoice. I set the rainbow in the sky, which has been perverted by people. It's a covenant sign. I sent my rainbow in the sky to say that I'll never flood the earth again with rain. He is going to set it on fire, however. And he's going to come and return. And you can pray for world peace, but there's not going to come world peace. Do we need to be good stewards? Yes. Do we need to be peacekeepers, peacemakers? Yes. But there will not be nationwide, worldwide world peace until he splits the eastern sky and comes and sets his foot down on the Mount of Olives. That's when there'll be world peace. And he takes Satan and binds him up with one chain and throws him in the lake of fire. That's when there's world peace. And I've found that many believers have never heard about a message of the second coming of Christ. He's coming and he's not coming as a suffering servant. He's coming as a conquered, a conquered king. So understand that's what we're, what we're looking at here. In the context that we look at this text, the disciples are impressed. They're impressed as they're walking through. Has anybody ever seen, you're going to Versailles maybe, or, or you, anybody been in the White House? Are you ever, I mean, Versailles and the White House are two totally different things. I mean, just such opulence at Versailles. Of course, he robbed the whole nation of France to build it. 
Or you ever been to St. Peter's Basilica? You ever been there? Have you ever been there? Have you ever seen those paintings and those frescoes? Have you ever, I mean, we walked the halls just like everywhere you looked was a masterpiece over every wall throughout the whole place. Gold everywhere. So when the disciples are walking through the temple, they're walking with Jesus and they're like blown away at the temple. Now, this temple, the first temple is built by by Solomon. David paid for it, but there's too much blood on David's hands for him to build it. But he did allow for Solomon to build it and it was amazing. An amazing temple indeed. But they rebelled. And as a result, Babylon came and wiped out the temple and destroyed it. And they were brought over into captivity. And we can get into all the dates and stuff, but just understand that's not the temple they were in. That's the temple of Solomon. Then at the decree of Cyrus, they were sent back. Zerubbabel and Ezra and Zechariah prophesying at the rebuilding of the temple. And they rebuilt it. And when they rebuilt it, there was tears at the laying of the foundation. You know why there was tears? Because it was so lame compared to the previous temple of those that actually had seen it or heard about it. And it was just like the, the, the glory was, 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 was not nearly what Solomon's temple was. And that prophetic word comes and says, the glory of this place will be even greater than the former. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house, talking about the, really the hour that we live in now. The temple that they're in here, Herod the Great, has a renovation project and, and works on this temple. It's just absolutely amazing. Historians, and you can read this. These are, these are, these are not even believers. But a Jewish historian, Josephus, alive at the time, talked about how the temple was covered with this white stone that at a distance it looked like the temple was covered with snow. And there was whole sections of it that were covered in gold leaf. Do you know what that is? Gold leaf is gold that's been pounded into like a like a like aluminum foil. It's 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 gold foil. And it would be placed in, in different places, and at a distance, it shimmered like the sun, they said. I mean, this place was amazing. So they're walking and they're looking at this temple, and they're like, this place is amazing. That's the context. And Jesus says, Yeah. Not one stone's going to be left. And they're like, what? Oh, snap. They're impressed, but they don't understand what Jesus is saying. They're shocked at Jesus' words. Not one stone will be left. And the meaning of their, the meaning of their questions, when will this happen? When will this happen? The meaning of their questions is rooted really in Jewish thought. And you don't really see this here. You don't see it here in, in Luke. But you, but you do see it in Matthew. And if you turn to Matthew 24, verse 3, he's talking about the, the, the temple's been destroyed. And their thinking is this. To the first century Jew, if the temple's been torn down, then obviously Rome's not here. And obviously the second coming, the, the Messiah, Mashiach is here. The Messiah is here. And, and, and it's the time of, of glorious peace. And so that's how they would think that the Messiah had then come. Not the, not the Messiah of Isaiah 53. It's uh, the, the suffering servant, but the Messiah, the ruling, reigning king. You see, because if the temple's gone, then obviously he's set up his kingdom already. So Matthew, tw- Matthew 24, verse 3. Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. See, that's what a first century Jew would think. That if all this, all this is torn down, then the Messiah has come, torn it down, rebuilt it, and been a bigger one. And glory to God, when is that going to be? And Jesus corrects their thinking. Jesus said, no, you're wrong. wrong. 
going to be torn down and my return won't be yet. There's a lot of people that are all just so concerned that Jesus has come back. You know, there's a whole group of people that say that Jesus has already returned. There's a whole group of people that say he's just going to come right now. Could he come right now? Yeah. I thought about it. I'm in Hawaii. I'm like, whoot, whoot, whoot. I'm like, oh, what? Oh, missile, eminent missile. Randa. Ah, ah, Lord. Okay, I'm good. Lord, Lord. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Is this it? Is this, is this, is this when, the, when he's going to set everything on fire? And is this the return? Is the Lord coming back now? I'm kind of like, I don't know how some of my brethren and sistren were there also. I don't know how it was for you, but I mean, it was pretty intense. No, really. Can you imagine right now everything goes off and goes ballistic, everybody's phone goes nuts, and it says imminent missile attack in Alaska. What would you do? Would you, would you run? Where are you going to go? Palmer? You're going to run up to Hatcher's Pass. <laughs> no more Hatcher's Pass. All the snow would melt. He tells on these two events, the destruction of the temple and the return, the second coming of Jesus in glory. That's what he talks about. So the end will not come right away in verse 9. When you hear of wars and uprisings, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help some of you. But, but we all need to be ready. I really enjoyed the eminent ballistic attack that was false. Apparently they found out what happened as somebody pressed the wrong button. Yeah, oops. <laughs> That'll build some confidence in your emergency defense system, huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, well, how's it from? Oh, oh, bro, what'd you do? Oh, no, I don't think that's what happened. Anyway, <laughs> the end will not come right away, but two things will be consistent until the end, and they have been consistent since Jesus said it. The first thing is deception. Everybody say deception. That's my French accent. Deception. There's been deception since Jesus' death and resurrection and even prior to that. There are doctrines of demons. There are people that'll come. There are false teachers. And you have to learn how to discern that. That'll, be, that'll continue. It has continued. It will continue until he returns. There is deception. There are false teachers. I was talking to one just yesterday. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be wars. How many of you know there's been wars? I mean, I... I I don't think I'm the oldest one here. I'm pretty sure I'm not. But even during my lifetime, I mean, it's... I mean, when I was born, there was a war. The Vietnam War. And there's been successive wars since then. There's never been a war... That, there's never not been a war since I've been alive. Now, some of you that are 70, you remember World War II. You remember the Korean War. And, and your parents remember World War I. And you can go back. I mean, that's just in the past hundred years. There has been war, 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 war. And we're still at war. Yes, because those are two consistent things. Deception and war. And Jesus gives them signs when the temple would be destroyed. Now, the temple that they're standing in, that he tells them, not one stone, he tells them when it's going to be destroyed. In 66 AD, the Jews rebelled against Rome, which was very significant. It was a time that was called Pax Romana, the Roman peace. It was about 30 AD, for those of you that are into history. And it was uh, really a, a quite an event. And uh, the Maccabean Wars began, and that's where 
the, the um, Hanukkah, the, the festival of the lights comes about because they went and cleansed the temple. They, they, one of these wicked Roman emperors went to sacrifice a pig on the altar in the temple. I mean, you can't imagine, uh, most of you can't imagine the atrocity that would be. That would be like the final straw, like that's it. That, that, that's it, we're going to war now. And they did. And uh, it was a horrible event. They ended up in Masada. How many of you know what Masada is? It was a stronghold that was built by Rome. They ended up in Masada for over a year and brought great shame, actually, to the Jewish people because they killed themselves. And that is, is unthinkable for a Jew to, to, for suicide. In fact, Dr. Morocco does not like visiting Masada because it brings shame to, to the Jewish people. But it is a, a historic place where they took their own lives instead of be captured by Rome. It's not a... That's not a that's not a, an honoring thing before the Lord to take your life. But during that time, these wars came and they basically ended up trampling and destroying the temple. National rise against nation. I'm back in your notes. It was really unthinkable to, to say that someone would rise against Rome. They ruled everything. They were such a superpower. And yet nation rose against nation. Jews rose up against Against Rome. Great earthquakes, verse 11. There'll be great earthquakes and famine and pestilence in various places. In 61 AD, this is right before the destruction of the temple, 61 AD, there was a massive earthquake right there in Jerusalem. And then in 65, excuse me, 63, Pompeii. Anybody ever heard of Pompeii? There was a great earthquake in Pompeii, and they said that the tidal waves headed to North Africa from that event. Such an incredible earthquake. Josephus writes about these signs that took place. This tailed star. How many of you know what that would be called today? Be called probably a comet. A tailed star that looked like a drawn sword hung over Jerusalem for the whole week before Rome came and destroyed everything. And so Jesus is giving these great signs in the heavens. Nation rising against nation. Famine and pestilence. There's two famines uh, that come during the time before the destruction of this temple. One is recorded in the book of Acts during Claudius' reign. This, and, and in fact, they talk about this raising an offering to help those because of the famine. You can read that in the book of Acts. So Jesus is telling them, hey, the destruction of the temple, here's what's going to happen, and it's going to happen in your lifetime. But it's a double prophecy. Famines, pestilence, fearful events, and great signs. Josephus writes, and this is sort of unusual, but he says the gates all in the city opened automatically on their own accord. Gates were opening around Jerusalem of their own. And it said that the week before the destruction of the temple, that it could be that people saw angels fleeing the temple. Whoa. I mean, if angels are leaving, you better get out of town. Do you, do you, know, what, you know what happened? Is uh, those that heard this and knew this teaching, this is, his, this is Christian history, and we're in the city, and they saw these signs, and they knew of this teaching that I'm teaching you now. And they ran, and they ran to the hills, and they escaped the destruction and the great death that took place because they heeded the words of Jesus. It was a prophetic word. Persecution, yet God will come and help them in verse 12. The armies will surround Jerusalem and Christians are commanded by the Lord to flee the mountains. And, and they do that. They, they do just that. And Jerusalem be trampled and destroyed. And, and, and it was. And Jesus gives signs for his second coming in glory. Signs in the heavens. And people be in great fear. 
This might be a newsflash to you, but we already have all kinds of signs in the heavens. Blood moons and, and on and on. You say, Pastor, you're freaking me out. Well, just tap your neighbor. Go ahead, tap your neighbor and say, aren't you glad you came to church? It's going to be all right. Tell them, it's going to be all right. Hey, praise God. Good to be all right. It's going to be all right. And so Jesus makes it clear that Jerusalem will be destroyed. Great signs in the heaven, great fear. All right, how to be ready. How to be prepared for the end. How many of you want a little, this little preparation message? How to get ready for, for the end. Okay. First thing is, our reaction should be different than the world. I'm going to tell you, I was in a prayer meeting, and I'm, I'm, what a great place to be as the potential of the end for me and, and uh, our brothers and sisters there in Hawaii. Eminent ballistic missile. This is not a drill. I was in a great, great place. I love the leadership of our senior apostolic leader, Dr. Morocco. He's over all of our 160 churches and growing. I loved his leadership. I, you know, when you see... Great leaders rise when there's, when there's um, great distress. And, um, you know, that pressure, that pressure on you can make you into a diamond. He already is one in my, in my estimation of things. But as that, as that news came and people began to pray, he, we, had a, we prayed. We prayed fervently for a few minutes. And then we went right back to the message that was expanding the kingdom and we prayed through different things. We just had a prayer meeting and then finally after 38 minutes they find out, oh, they pressed the wrong button. How to be ready, how to be prepared. Don't be ignorant about what's happening. Don't be ignorant. Oh, there's gonna be more wars. There's gonna be more rumors of wars. There's gonna be more deception. There's gonna be more pestilence. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, there's gonna be more of that, but you, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant when it's happening as it's happening. It's going to continue to happen and you don't need to be afraid, which we're, we're going to get to. We're not to fear. Come on, say it out loud because if you, you, you can see what I'm looking at right now, you're scaring me with your faces right now. Come on, say I'm not to fear. Yeah, we are not to fear. Don't yield to fear. Don't give in to fear. Stomp it. Don't yield to fear, but we're to look up. I love what it says in verse 14. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Has anybody ever had to jump off a cliff before? Okay, you, I mean, you didn't have to. You know, if you have to, it's easier. I don't really like jumping off of really high. The biggest one I've done is 80 feet. I think that's what I said. It's probably 70. It's probably someone exaggerated. But, you know, we're up there. I mean, 70 feet, 80 feet. It's good, good distance. I'm with some other guys. I want to be the man. I want to jump. I want to jump, but I really don't want it because I'm scared. And it's kind of just sit there. And this guy, Johnny, who went to be a, a missionary in Mexico, was with me. He says, come on, man, I've done it before. We can do it. You can do it. And he says, come on, come on, to be out of bodies, to be presence with the Lord. <laughs> and so he's like, come on. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. 80 feet, you get to jump, and you get to think about falling. <laughs> so you jump, and you're like, ah, ah. Fear, fear would, you know, that, that's the kind of fear that you don't want to get hurt. I've learned in my life to, to, to come against fear and to look to the Lord with his perfect love will drive it out of your life. Don't yield to fear in your life. Don't do it. Refuse to be a person that's afraid. Refuse. I don't mean be a fool. There's fight or flight. There's a good kind of fear like run. Yeah, that's good. You know, when you should run, you should be running. 
When a tree falls in the forest, there it lies. That's Ecclesiastes, the book of Bracken. When you should be running, start running. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you, when you shouldn't, when it's irrational, when you're in a place and you know that God spoke to you to be there, when you're freezing in your Chevy on the side of the truck, when you're, when you're, when you're in a place where you just don't know how you're going to make it and your mind starts messing with you, but you know you're in the will of God and you know you're living right with God, you command that thing to shut its ugly mouth and begin to stand in the place of faith. You make up your mind. Some of you need to make up your mind and not be afraid to stomp it. I've made up my mind to not be frustrated. Anybody else had that experience? You know, I'm there, I'm like, I'm not going to be frustrated. 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 I think I'm frustrated. Lord. <laughs> Make up your mind. I love that verse, verse 14. We've got to live dependent on the Holy Spirit and His wisdom. The Lord will give you wisdom of what to do and when to do it. What to do and when to do it. God will speak to you. You need to live your life in dependence on the Holy Spirit. Dependence on Him. I gotta guard our hearts. Verse 34. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing. Yeah, that word is the word lust. Dissipation is lust. Drunkenness. He lists three things here. We must guard our hearts. Be careful. Your hearts will be weighed down with lust, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And the day will close in on you like a trap. He pinpoints some things. Lust. There are many people that are bound by lust. And if you're bound by lust, you're, you're, you're bound by dissipation and carousing, it will cause your heart to be callous. It will cause your heart to be weighed down. You won't be able to see when the day is. You'll be swept up. You know, he said it in, like in the days of Noah. That's right. So it'll be when the sun, coming of the Son of Man. Like in the days of Noah, it was the days of Noah, a, a, lot of, a lot of perversion going on, but they're just, they're getting married, they're having all kinds of things, they're totally oblivious to the fact that the skies are about to crack open and the wells of the deep are about to burst forth and this thing called rain that nobody ever saw before and this psycho Noah building this ark is what? Going to rescue everybody? <laughs> It's a picture of the ark, which is Jesus. It's a picture of the house of the Lord. It's a picture of the protection that comes by being in the house of God, by being in Christ. And as in the days of Noah, so it'll be when the coming of the Son of Man comes. And if you, if you are given the lust and you're giving yourself to those things, then you can end up not even knowing when the day is and it'll come like a trap. From drunkenness, flee from drunkenness. I, I had an experience recently that was mind-blowing to me. I mean, I, I mean, really, I, I just, I, I've heard about stuff like this, but it's just never happened to me. And I, I was talking to a pastor, not a part of our church, a part of a main denomination that I, that I will not name for now. And as I was talking, he was sharing with me, he was testifying and talking about different things and changing, different things he's changing in his life. And he says, so, yeah, and I, and I, you know, I'm not drinking as much as I used to drink. I was really, you know, I was drinking and I'm not drinking as much. And, I, and then I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm saying, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? You're not drinking as much. Oh, well, I was having, you know, three or four, uh, you know, single malt whiskeys uh, a night. And you know, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to, you know, back off a little bit. I'm like, and then it just continues with the story. I said, stop, 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 stop. Sorry, I'm still stuck on the drinking thing. 
He says, oh yeah. And I was at a party, I was at a wedding party and I drank a liter of, I don't even know what he said because my, my mind's breaking. I'm listening to somebody who's a pastor leading people, again, not a part of our church. And I'm sitting there going, he's, he's saying this to me. He's actually saying this. I, and I said, I, I think, I said, can I, I'm sorry, you gotta help me for a second. I'm not sure we're reading the same Bible. He said, what are you talking about? I said, it's called drunkenness. You can't have three or four scotches and, and not be intoxicated. He says, oh, I was at home. And I thought, we're in the end days. I shared that with one of my staff, and they said, I wonder what they think about fornication. Good point. I probably shouldn't even say the other thing because I'll get myself in trouble, but. <laughs> Welcome to KC. Praise the Lord. Pastor's back. Thank you, Jesus. See if we can offend some more people. Let me say that drinking alcohol is not a sin. This is, this is what I believe. It's what we believe. Drinking alcohol is not a sin. Getting drunk, that's sin. So if you have a little wine with your meal or whatever and you can do that and your, your conscience allows you to do that, then that's great. I don't do that. My wife doesn't do that. And I, I require my leaders not to do it. And the reason is this. The reason is I never want to be subject to something that can put me in bondage, number one. Number two, I never want the appearance of evil. I don't want somebody thinking evil of me, and I don't want to stumble anybody. All right, so I'm never even going to, and, and, and I could go on and 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 on. And, and, and if you allowed yourself to drink wine with your meals, then praise the Lord. If you're a leader, you need to step down. But if that's okay for you and your family, whatever, that's fine. If you're getting drunk, I rebuke you. It's wrong. It's intoxication. All right. I so want to say this other thing. No, I can't do it. I'm going to get my trouble. My wife's looking at me. Jesus, help me right now. Drunkenness. Drunkenness. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Come on, just lift your hands and just say hallelujah today. Oh, hallelujah. Drunkenness. You can be drunk on other things, too. You know, you can be drunk on money. You can be drunk on power. You can be drunk on intellectual, intellectual pride. You can be drunk on your own self. You can be, you can be drunk on things. Control. You can, being drunk, being intoxicated by something so, so that it, 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 it basically sedates you so that you can escape the situation. I've known people that have been drunk with their credit cards shopping. Retail therapy. Retail therapy, you know what that is? That's when you're like stressed out. And it's like, I just need to just, oh, oh, oh. And you just buy something. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Isn't this beautiful? Praise God. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh thank you, Lord. Oh. And then you get all the bills and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, you're drunk on your purchasing of stuff. Now you got to guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. Okay. I'm going to say it. <sighs> what I was also in shock about this conversation with the pastor 
Yes. Was that they had, he said, oh, yeah. And the person that is our treasurer is basically a drug dealer. So I'm just thinking, oh. And they went on to tell me that, that I think we, we don't believe the same way. You see, I believe in the grace of God. And I believe that, that God's grace covers us. I just wanted to, that was text. I wanted to light that thing up, man. I wanted to come off the fence. I'm still processing so I can be gracious. But I'm fixing to put a cap in that thing. I'm just telling you right now. I should step down and do something else instead of teach some watered-down false gospel, you deceiver. Doctrines of demons. Listen, any grace message that you hear, y'all listen, y'all listen, listen online. If you're online, be rebuked. Any grace message that you hear that doesn't cause you to be more like Jesus isn't from God. Any grace message that you hear that doesn't cause you to live in greater holiness Listen, I'm not throwing stones. If you're addicted and you're suffering and you got bondage in your life, I'm so glad you're here. But you don't have to stay that way. And I'm certainly not going to teach you that it's okay. It's not okay. Come on. Fornicators, drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Go read the Bible. You can't rip it out. I'm not down on you. But I mean, repent and live a life of freedom. Come on, that's like a golf clap. You better do a little better. Come on. Come on. There's real holiness. There's real purity. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. What is that, 1 Corinthians 6? or 1 Corinthians, Yeah, 1 Corinthians 6. And that's what some of you were. But you were washed. You were cleansed. You were redeemed. You were sanctified. Come on, somebody say hallelujah in the house of God. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay afflicted. You don't have to stay addicted. Oh, you don't need alcohol to feel better. You don't need drugs to feel better. God can feel you. God can touch you. God can free you. God can give you peace like a river and joy like a fountain. Oh, come on, give them praise in the house of God. Wow, I almost started preaching. Guard your heart. We say guard your heart. And from anxieties of life, they'll weigh you down. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't allow anxiety to get a hold of you. These things can come upon you, says Jesus, and it's a trap from the enemy. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious. Don't be, don't be anxious about things. And lastly, watch and pray. Watch and pray. We're in the midst of prayer and fasting. If you, if you have not been a part of that, we have about a week to go. We'll have a miracle service one week from today. I want you to bring every sick, broken, hurting person in. You can wheel them in, carry them in. I don't, know how you, I don't care how you want to do it. We'll have miracle service in the morning. We'll have miracle service at night. We're going to pray for miracle signs and wonders. You say, don't they happen already? Yeah, they do. They do happen, but we, we always have a, we frequently, year after year, have service where we emphasize gifts and just kind of go for it. And if you have an incurable disease, there's no such thing. I said there's no such thing. Doctors are practicing medicine. We honor them, but they're practicing. We believe in the, in the one that can raise the dead. We believe in the one that can heal the sick and cleanse the leper. We believe that the great physician is here even among us, even now. There is no sickness, no disease, no infirmity that can stay. 
And, and the truth is, I don't understand why some people get healed now and other people get healed when they get to heaven, but the truth is everybody gets healed eventually if you're, if you're born again. If you're not born again, you, you probably have that sickness in hell also. I don't know. I don't know, but it's not God's will for you to have it. Can you say amen? Watch and pray. Watch and pray. There's so many opportunities to pray and, and to watch. It means being vigilant. Watch, watch. Be careful, little children, what you see. Be careful, little children, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little children. Be careful. We need, we need to be careful. Some of you are spending time with people you should not be spending time with. And you wonder why you're confused. You wonder why you're, you wonder why you're, you're, you're filled with anxiety. Listen, you know what secondhand smoke is? Now, they've proven that secondhand smoke, that people can actually get diseases from somebody else's cigarettes and, and smoke and stuff, right? It's called secondhand smoke. Spiritually, there's a secondhand smoke. Bad company corrupts good character. And if you spend time with, that's not that, I thought we were supposed to love everybody. You are. And we should minister to everybody. But you don't yoke yourself. You don't bring really close to your heart those that are, those that are in demonic bondage. Listen, some of, you, some of you invite people that come from well-known cults to sit around your table to talk about stuff. I would not do that. Mickey, no. If you have an anointing to do that, I've seen, I've seen believers on fire sit down with some well-meaning people that come with the little cute ties and ride the bikes. Well, they don't ride the bikes so much here, but, you know, well-meaning. They sit down and get all confused about their, th their thinking of Jesus and end up leaving the church and end up lost, confused. Listen, if you don't have, if you have, if you aren't settled, if you aren't set, you should not be spending, not everybody should be an apologist. That's a defender of the faith. It's not my favorite thing. My brain doesn't really work like that. Some of, some of you are into arguing. An arguer of the faith. You argue about other things, might as well learn the precepts and learn the truth and argue with, some, argue with somebody and win them over. But secondhand smoke, those things will get on you. Did you get something from Jesus? He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you ready for his soon, his eminent return? The eminent return of Christ was going. He is coming back. Don't let anxiety get you. Don't let fear get you. Don't worry about the wars and the, 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 the rumors of wars and the earthquakes. There's going to be more. Yeah, there's going to be more. That's what the word says. And he's, he's going to come. He's going to come. Maybe, maybe, maybe any second now. Some of you wouldn't go past the roof. Thank you for those sweet keys right there. Didn't that just come for you? For, say, just check yourself. I know we did an altar call already and called the people to salvation. I'm almost done. Check yourself. Are you ready? I was encouraged to know the ballistic missile was coming to Hawaii and to check myself. By God's grace, no, no internal greatness that I have. By God's grace, I just went... I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Are you good? You ready to die? Just ask it. If you're like, um, uh, uh, how about fix that? Come on, smile at me, at least on this side. Smile. Come on, fix it. And, and separate yourself from those who would bring you into a, a guard of your heart. Watch. Watch and pray. Don't be, don't be filled with fear. Be filled with faith and generosity. 
All right. All right, I'm going to challenge you. You invite somebody to church this week. Get somebody. Bring them here. We have extra chairs. We need to grow. And there's no reason we shouldn't continue. And we are growing, but, but I think some of you can take the next step. People need to hear this wonderful, glorious gospel, the love of God. They, they need to be free. They really do. And you've got friends. You've got family. I'm witnessing and winning more souls now than I have in a long time. I'm really having a lot of fun. I've got more funny stories to tell you, maybe tonight. Would you, would you reach out? Reach out on social media. Email people, call people, pick them up, invite them, bring them. You say, well, I've tried already. They don't want to come. Try again. It's a new season. It's a new season. Did you get something from God today? Step up on your feet. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. Examine us. Holy Spirit, search us even now and expose anything on the inside of us that displeases you because we want to be a people that are ready. We want to be a people that are prepared for your imminent return. For those that are struggling with drunkenness, I pray that you'd help them and set them free. Even my new friend, the pastor, I pray you'd set them free in the congregation as well. I pray that doctrines of demons would be exposed and that you would keep us, you would help us to know the truth Listen, you don't, they, they, don't, they, don't show, they don't discover counterfeit bills by studying the fake. They study the real thing. Then they're able to know what counterfeit is. Some of you really need to get discipled and understand and know what the truth is. We have all kinds of systems for that. Get plugged in. Get involved. Lord, help us to, to know the Word, to love the Word, to live the Word. Come on, ask God to give you a, a love. A love for the Word of God. At the entrance of your Word, there's light. Lord, give us a love for your word, a love for the things of God, that we would be a people that watch and pray, be anxious for nothing. We would be a people that watch and pray. Even so, come, Maranatha. Did you know the the first century church would clothe with a Maranatha? It was a shout. They would say, Maranatha! You know what it means? Even so, come, Lord Jesus. They just looked for him to come. I think the the Western church doesn't think like that. I guarantee you they think like that in China. I guarantee you they think like that where they're losing their heads over there. Like, come, come. We say, well, this is not in the tribulation. Not until tribulation. I think think they're in tribulation and where they're losing their heads. That would be tribulation. Come on. Say Maranatha. Maranatha. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us, O God. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you tonight. Six o'clock, we'll be celebrating the, uh, the ministers, or those who were made ministers. We'll have a little celebration afterwards and some fellowship. We love you. God bless you. Wednesday night, Holy Ghost night. Bring a friend. Hallelujah.